Greetings and welcome back to CougarCast. On this week's episode, students are going to explain some of the key events that led to the Revolutionary War. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the information. Hello fellow listeners, my name is Major General Edward Braddock, and my British troops, Jackson and Connor, will be talking about the French and Indian War. Starting will be Jackson with how the French and Indian War started. Then, Cornell will be talking about what the war was. Then I'll be talking about other famous generals. Now to you, Jackson. Thanks, General Braddock. The French and Indian War was fought by Great Britain and France. The French and Indian War was start- started in 1754 and ended in 1763. Did you know the first man to fire a gun in the French and Indian War was Robert Dinwiddie, Governor of Virginia? The war provided Great Britain enormous territorial gains in North America, but the expenses led to the American Revolution. When the Ohio Valley brought conflict to the claims of the British colonies, a series of battles led to the official British War that started in 1756. Now to Connor about what the French and Indian War was. Thanks, Jackson. Now I'll explain what happened during the French and Indian War. Do you know it was named that because the French and Indians fought the British and Americans? It was also known as the Seven Years' War because it lasted seven years. What happened was the French tried to move east while the British were trying to move west, which would obviously cause conflict. And the Indians, who were friends with the French, fought the British and Americans. It went from 1756 to 1763, but also including the Paris Treaty. Now to General Braddock. First is myself. I was the first general from Britain, and of course, I was the finest. When a terrible day in 1755, I was killed by the French at the first battle of Fort Duquesne. Next is the great general governor, Robert Dinwiddie, the colonial leader of Virginia in 1754. He was conquered, he was concerned about the French crossing the colonial border. Now on to Connor. Thanks, General Braddock. Now you know about the French and Indian War, but it did cost a lot of money, around 2100000 and there was borders made, like the Proclamation, which meant the colonies had to stay on the east side, while the rest of the land was Indian's land. But like I said, it cost a lot of money, which is why the British put out taxes on the Americans, starting with Katie and Parker with the Sugar Act. Almost everybody loves sugar, right, Parker? Yeah, well, at least I do, Katie. Well, how would you feel if you had to pay a tax of four cents for your sugar? Well, that's not very much, so I wouldn't mind. But back in 1764, four cents was worth more than it is today. Where are you going with this? I'm talking about the Sugar Act on the American Colonies of 1764. So what exactly was the Sugar Act? I'm glad you asked. The Sugar Act was the first direct tax the British Parliament imposed on the American colonies on April 5, 1764. Remember that French and Indian War? Well, Britain was in debt for the war, and wars are expensive. The Sugar Act was part of the Townshed Acts, which were made to tax the colonists to pay off for the war. But I thought they didn't have U.S. cents back then. No, they didn't. They used pence. The Sugar Act said that the colonists had to pay a tax of three pence per pound of sugar, which nowadays would equal four cents. Yes, it was worth more in 1764, but it would have equaled about a dollar today. Remember, the colonists already had to pay for the sugar, and now they are being taxed for it? I bet they weren't very happy. But you have to look at it from Britain's point of view. They had set up the colonies to give them money, and now they are spending all their money on the colonies. I get it now. The British put a tax on the colonists' sugar in order for the colonists to pay for the war. I'm guessing the colonists were angry because most of the colonists lived on the coast and they probably didn't even want the land in the west. Exactly. I'm guessing that most of the colonists were like, we didn't even want the land and now you British are expecting us to pay for a war that wasn't even ours? If I lived back then, I know I would be pretty ticked off. 
Wait, didn't the colonists start by saying no taxation without representation? I was just getting to that. The saying no taxation without representation meant that the colonists weren't going to pay their taxes without a say in the decisions that the British Parliament imposed that affected the colonies. Well, I know that I would want a say in the rules that affected me. I don't blame the colonists for being angry about the say in the taxes. True. The Sugar Act is part of the spark that lit the flame that made the American Revolution go boom. Well, at least the colonists were only taxed for their sugar. Actually, the Sugar Act was repealed in 1766, meaning that the British Parliament got rid of it because of how much trouble the colonists were causing and replaced it with the Stamp Act. What's that? No idea, but I think that Braden, Betty, and Grace know about it. That's right, Katie. We'll be talking about the Stamp Act. Get ready to get taxed with a lot of products of paper. I want to get these playing cards. Ding, ding. Hello. I would like to buy some playing cards, please. That'll be 18 pence, please. What? Last time it was 15 pence the other day. Haven't you heard about the Stamp Act? What Stamp Act? Hello, mate. I'm a loyal British, and that idea sounds awesome. I love the Stamp Act. But that's how I've been losing a lot of customers a lot lately. Well then, I can tax the colonists for that. The Stamp Act is about taxing colonists for any materials made out of paper, such as newspaper, playing cards, magazines, legal documents, and printed paper. If the colonists buy more paper, we will have enough money to pay for the wars. Never mind, I'm just going to buy this after the Stamp Act you say is gone. Betty, I command you now to get those playing cards. Well, I'm leaving. But I need money, and there is still a big debt going on with the French and Indian War. I don't want you to pay. I don't want to pay the war for you, loyal British person. I don't want you to win wars. Me and the other colonists don't like this, and we will never buy paper things until the Stamp Act is gone. Bye, I'm going to protest like the other angry colonists. Many colonists felt like the British had no right to tax them without the approval of their representatives. Because of the Stamp Act, my customers won't be coming anymore. I hear the British coming. Get ready for Madeline Marie and Thomas to serve the British. One, two, three, hut. One, two, three, hut. One, two, three, hut. Hello? Because of the quartering act, you were forced to give me a shelter and a bed and a roof over my head. In Marie's head. As a patriot, I just loathe this new quartering act. But if I don't provide shelter for this British soldier, I could get severely punished. Please, come in. There's a bedroom on the top floor. Make yourself at home. Ugh. One day later. Hello. Hello. Because of the quartering act, you're forced to give me water and food and a place to put my shoes. In Madeline's head. I love this new quartering act. It keeps our soldiers safe from those darn patriots. Come in, come in. I just freshly baked a loaf of bread. Let me just fetch a pail of water. Skippity doodah day. Fact break. During the quartering act, colonists were forced to provide a safe place for the British to, soldiers to stay. As a fellow patriot, I found sheltering the British soldiers a punishment but as a loyalist we love this quartering act because we do not want our soldiers to be in danger this is one of the events that led to the american revolution what was that it must be the boston massacre run i grab the children
Hello, my friend. You want to know about the Boston Massacre, right? Well, I can tell you that the Boston Massacre wasn't your traditional one-sided massacre. There's actually a good story behind it. Now to Kiana with some background info. Hi, I'm Kiana. To protect colonial officials who enforce very unpopular British laws, like the Township Acts, about 4,000 British troops were stationed in Boston. The British troops, or the Redcoats, were in most public places throughout Boston. Continual fights between them and the colonists would lead to the one, the only, Boston Massacre. Dun dun dun! Now back to Mason. Take it away! Thanks, Kiana. The whole incident started when a British private named Ho White was insulted by a colonist. This made White angry, causing him to whack the colonist on the head with his gun. The colonist grew angry, and soon a crowd formed around White, insulting him and chucking objects such as snowballs. Soon, a British officer and six other privates came to White's aid. They loaded their rifles and got into defense position. When Private Montgomery was struck and hit by a clam chucked by a colonist, Montgomery fired his rifle into the crowd. Soon, the other soldiers opened fire, killing five men who went by the names of Crispus Atugas, Samuel Gary, Patrick Carr, Samuel Maverick, and James Caldwell. Now on to Zane with the aftermath. Thank you, Mason. <clears throat> After the Boston Massacre, the five victims of the massacre were all buried in Boston as heroes of the Granary Burying Ground. Fun fact time! The only victim of the Boston Massacre to become well-known and even an, even a hero of the American Revolution was a man by the name of Crispus Attucks. He was an African-American sailor who was believed to have escaped from slavery. Back to the aftermath of the Boston Massacre. Before it became known as the Boston Massacre, Paul Revere had named the tragic incident the Bloody Massacre on King Street. It was also called the State Street Massacre before it was known as the Boston Massacre. When the British soldiers had trouble finding representation for their trial, John Adams agreed to work as their, tr as their lawyer because he felt their rights to a fair trial should be upheld. Fun fact time once more. Of the nine British men brought up on charges for their involvement in the Boston Massacre, seven were acquitted due to the lack of evidence, and two were convicted of manslaughter but released from prison later. Final one. Every year on March 5th, the, His the Boston Historical Society organize organizes a reenactment of the Boston Massacre at the same site as the original massacre. Back to Mason. Thanks, Zane and Mason. This tea is so good. I can't believe that on May 10th, 1773, Britain taxed the colonists for their tea. I mean, so many people drank tea. They drank tea every day. It felt personal that they did that. Well, Britain was trying to get money out of the colonists, even though it was Britain who spent so much money on the French and Indian War. The Tea Act was just one of the many taxes Britain had on the colonists. Oh no, here comes someone out of my new time machine. It looks like a British soldier. Where am I? Have you guys been paying your tea tax? Um, we're from the future, and taxing tea isn't something that we do anymore. Oh, well if we don't win, why am I even doing this? Maybe I'll be a pig farmer. I've always loved bacon. That was weird. Well, to get back to it, the colonists were very mad about it. You're right. The merchants were even more mad because they had to pay for the tea that they were selling. Oh no, another British soldier is here. Did I hear you guys talking about the Tea Act? Well, it also led to the Boston Tea Party. I'm dealing with it right now. Ah! Gotta go. Being attacked by an American. Or Native American. I don't know. Ah! I'm wondering if we had too much tea. Well, what did happen in the Boston Tea Party? I'm not sure. Let's go and find out. Yeah, what can you tell us, Joseph? Hi, this is Joe, Joseph, and Emma. We are here to tell you about the Boston Tea Party. 
Hi, my name is Joseph. Joe said my name in the intro. Do you know what the Boston Tea Party was? It was not where King George was drinking tea alone with nobody else because he has no friends. For the record, King George did have friends. No. It was after the Tea Act, where Great Britain would tax colonists for their tea. This took the colonists off. So the group called the Sons of Liberty. What were the Sons of Liberty? Good question, Joe. The Sons of Liberty were a group of colonists. The group was made as a secret society to fight against the British. Some people in the Sons of Liberty were Samuel Adams, Paul Revere, and John Hancock. Like I said, the Sons of Liberty dressed up as Mohawk Indians and snuck aboard a ship and hurled about 46 tons of tea overboard. Great Britain was mad about this, so they shut down the whole Boston Harbor because of this incident. And that's what the Boston Tea Party was. The Boston Tea Party lasted approximately three hours because they dumped 46 tons of tea overboard. That's a lot of tea. The tea weighed 92 thousandths of pounds. That's a lot to carry. Now to Joe talking about the colonist reactions. Thanks, Emma. Now you are going to learn about the colonist reaction. When the colonists were mad, they had to pay for the tea, so they started to boycott those taxes. Next up will be McKenna, Alex, and Grady with the intolerable acts. Do you know what intolerable means? It is where you are unable to endure something. And that is exactly what the colonists did after the British made the intolerable act. The intolerable act were five laws that were made by the British against the American colonists in 1774. What? What? I didn't know that. They were given the name, the Intolerable Act, by the American patriots, who felt they simply could not tolerate such unfair laws. The British passed those acts as punishment of the Boston Tea Party. Wow, that's crazy. I know, right? What were the five laws, though? Well, I will tell you. The five laws of the Intolerable Act were... The Quartering Act, the Boston Port Act, the Administration of Justice Act, the Massachusetts Government Act, and the Quebec Act. But what do they mean, though? Well, as you know, the Quartering Act required citizens to house British soldiers and feed them. And the Boston Port Act was where they closed the port of Boston to all the colonists until the damage was paid for. But tell me more about the Administration of Justice Act. Okay, for example, if I were in the colonies and I committed a crime, I would be sent back to England and face trial there. Now I get why they were called the Intolerable Act, because I definitely couldn't tolerate these acts too. But there's more. The Massachusetts Government Act was where the British could control the meetings in the Massachusetts government. That's so unfair! The Quebec Act expanded the Canadian border and cut off the western colonies. So you're telling me that the British soldiers had to stay in our homes and block our base and finally took over our laws? That's crazy! Yeah, I definitely couldn't tolerate that. Me neither. And now in his final thoughts, Mr. Lewis. Wow, that was a lot of great information about the events leading to the Revolutionary War. Thanks for sharing all that with us, Cougars, and great job. Until next time, this is your Cougar Cast, over and out.